You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hi, welcome to Comeback City, where we explore Detroit's past, present, and future. I'm Linda Shepard. My co-host is with me today, Ed Brohard. Hi, Ed. Hi, Linda. And we have a special guest, Scott Myers from Broadway in Detroit, who's going to be telling us about some great things coming to the city. Hi, Scott. Hi. How are you? Good. 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 So, Scott, maybe you could tell us a little bit about what Broadway in Detroit is. I know you're the group that brings all the really good stuff to Detroit, to the city. Um, tell me a little bit about the organization. Okay. Um, well, Broadway in Detroit is uh, has been here at the Fisher Theater since 1961. Uh, wow. We were actually founded by the Nederlander Brothers um, when... The Fisher, the Fisher Building and the Fisher Brothers wanted to redo the Fisher Theater um, from a movie palace into a legitimate uh, Broadway show place. And so they had the Nederlander Brothers come over um, with D.T. Nederlander in 1961, and they redid the theater and turned it into a Broadway show house. And uh, so we've been bringing Broadway shows into Detroit since 1961. Um, the Nederlanders went on to... Uh, today they own nine theaters on Broadway. They're one of the largest producers of Broadway, Broadway shows around the world. So that all started here in Detroit. Um, uh, and so we're excited to be, uh, have been doing it for so many years. And, you know, last year was our Hamilton season where we brought Hamilton in. And, oh, yeah. Uh, it was, uh, right now Broadway is in a huge moment across the country. And, New York had a record-setting year last year. We had a record-setting year. Uh, Places across the country have been um, really like, you know, people talk about a golden age of Broadway, and they say it's been, you know, back in the day. But really, uh, we are kind of living in a golden age of Broadway right now. So we're very excited for what we've had last season, and we're very excited for our upcoming season. You know, I mean, Detroit gets so many really first-class uh, plays, uh, musicals, uh, you know, offerings in our magnificent theaters. Uh, Ed and I did yep. an entire podcast about movie palaces, and we talked about the Fisher and how it started as a as a movie theater uh-huh. with mm-hmm. with with its over the top uh, uh, Mayan as, revival right. uh, theme. The decor. And, yes. And so the Nederlanders came in and, I mean, they did a beautiful job of turning it into kind of a lovely, understated, mid-century style theater. Um, Well, you know, like when they, so when they did the, when the Fisher Brothers did the theater in 1928, they wanted something that was unique and they did the Mayan style that was very unique. You didn't see that too much. Um, and when they redid the theater in 61, they also wanted something that was unique, that something that didn't exist anywhere else. And so they created this, what we have today, um, very mid-century modern with all the rosewood and the brass. It's and very the pretty. And all of that. And uh, you don't find that too much. It's still, you know, to this day, you know, what we have in Detroit with the Fisher Theater is extremely unique. You don't really find that in theaters across the country or around the world. And it's pretty, it's pretty cool. I mean, it is, it is definitely a step back in time to the 1960s era. Uh, but now it's a very classic. It's something that you, that makes you Detroit very unique. And one of the things we hear from performers just about the theater itself, uh, that's actually pretty cool is with our gold, the gold ovals. When you're inside the theater and you're, watching the show and if you look to the sides of the stage you'll see that there's like a like a very mid-century mod emblem that kind of repeats around the theater and that makes these large ovals and the ovals are covered in like a gold leaf kind I'll of have to material look for that and, next time i'm there and so 
Yeah, and so from the stage, when you're performing at the Fisher Theater, and the the lights come up on the stage, what you see from the stage is this shimmering gold wall on the back wall of the theater. I would think that that could be really important, yes. That that's something that they remember about the Fishers. The oh yeah, shimmering gold ovals in the back of the theater. As far as the behind the scenes uh, things that the Fisher, um, I would imagine it at least for the time it was probably state of the art as far as um, you know all the riggings and the the uh, the the. Rooms for the performers and backstage, backstage dressing room. Is that true? Or well, we are in every sense of the word. We are a true Broadway touring house. So, um, because the, the building was redone in six in sixty one, uh, the Fisher Theater backstage is very similar to the backstages of the small Broadway theaters in New York. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's very small. Uh, when people come here and they perform here, they're like, yeah, it's just like being in New York. Um, so there's not a lot of space. It's it's multiple levels. I think we have eight um, levels of dresser. dresser oh, really? Backstage. Wow. And then, yeah, and then uh, wardrobe and all that stuff underneath the stage. And then... Um, do you guys but, give a backstage uh, tour at all or anything? We do not. It's, it's very small. Um, and really, what I was just about to say is that as a... Uh, touring house, there is literally not much to see. Like, we have very few lights. We have very really? few sound. We have very few curtains. We, if this, there, like right now, there's no show in there um, now because our last show, Anastasia, just closed. And if you went into the theater, it's just a wall, the back wall of the theater, and a curtain, and some stage lights. That's it. Because all of the shows, you know, they put together these elaborate shows, and they have a lighting designer, a costume designer, set oh, designer. They bring that all and in. And so they uh, they put together their lights, they put together their set, they <clears throat> pack it all up, and they tour around the country. So we have nothing so that when they come in, we don't have to load anything out yeah. to bring it back. They just come in, and they put their lights and everything up. So you're really uh, providing... A big space, a big box for them to... And a bunch of little rooms to get dressed in. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and a whole lot more. The whole great experience. And one of the things that we did do, um, you know, we survey our guests at the end of every show. Um, and uh, sometimes people I know do surveys and they're like, oh, yeah, whatever. But we listened to those surveys. And this past summer, uh, prior to this last season... Um, we installed additional sound um, oh. that the, the the shows can plug into, um, so the sound is better now in our balcony than it used to be. Oh, you can hear better. So we amplified, we we enhanced our equipment for the shows to be able to to reach our balcony in the best way for our space. Um, and I know people who saw Hamilton here, and they sat in the balcony. Um, it, they were. It was phenomenal. It, like you didn't miss a word of a show that is very, very wordy. <laughs> yes. Um, and then uh, I and sat then in the balcony. It was great. To what, <laughs> we also listened to what people were telling us, and we installed railings in the balcony and in the mezzanine. So people, you know, it's a, it's where we are today. You know, nineteen. 28 when the fisher was built they didn't have railings up there wow. uh but people have been requesting them uh for us for a sure, few years in the and dark. So we finally took the time to do that <laughs> that so is such a great idea I, yeah. I have a uh, balanced disability and particularly in low light situations right. and so it, it's a terrifying thing not to have that a and railing. Uh, uh, that that would make it much Glad more you listen to the survey on that one. much more user yeah. friendly yeah but so, some of so we listen to that. Yeah, but some of uh, Broadway in Detroit is also at some of the other venues in the city too. Yeah. Uh, so how yeah, does we, that work? Um, yeah. So we present a few shows every year at the Detroit Opera House. Typically, the shows we do at the Opera House are too big to fit in the Fisher Theater space. Oh. Um, last season we did Aladdin over right. there. Right. I saw Aladdin. It's one Amazing. of the largest. Uh, it's absolutely one of the largest Broadway tours ever. It was um, phenomenal. So, yeah, that show would not have fit in the Fisher oh, Theater. Um, okay. This, 
<clears throat> this upcoming season, we're doing the 50th anniversary of Jesus Christ Superstar over oh, there. Oh, wow. Um, At the Opera House. Here for just a week. It's a season extra. And uh, we're also doing one of our season shows is going to be Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And that is going to be at the Detroit Opera House in February. That should um, be exciting. Next year. That sounds fun. That sounds great. Yeah. And talk about a beautiful venue. I mean, that Detroit Opera House. That is a jewel box. It's fantastic. It's really, really wonderful. And another thing we're, we're doing this season, um, in May, we presented Jersey Boys at the, uh, right. at the Music Hall. Yeah, I was fortunate um, enough to see it. It was wonderful. Yeah, and so we are going to be doing more shows at the Music Hall. Oh, great. Uh, bringing Broadway tours in. Um, the next show that we're doing is actually a co-promotion, a co-production that we are producing with the Detroit Public Theater. Um, and we are bringing Jitney to the um, to the Music Hall uh, for one week. And it's August Wilson's Jitney. And uh, it, we are really fortunate because we're getting the same director that directed the 2017 Tony Award-winning play revival on Broadway for Jitney is directing this tour um, that's going to be at the Music Hall in November. And Jitney uh, November, is a drama? What was that? Is Jitney a drama? It is a drama. Yeah, it's a play. It's mm-hmm. by August Wilson, who did Fences. Fences, um, The Gin Game, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so uh, that's going to be at the, the Music Hall on November 12th through the 16th. Um, we're really excited to work with Detroit Public Theater. You know, if you want to talk about uh, Detroit making its uh, mark on the Broadway world, uh, Detroit Public Theater's first ever, the first ever show play that they had commissioned just for Detroit, Birthday Candles, is picked up, was picked up and is going to be produced next season at the Roundabout Theater on Broadway starring Deborah Messing. Yeah. So that's wow. so phenomenal. There's just a great statement to the talent and to the um the audiences and to to the you know the resources and what we have here in detroit the the what exists here in in our area so we're very excited to be a part of that and of course you know we've got our amazing season which opens in september with cats um which is a new the new revival of cats oh really it's going to be a little different or it is. It's got new oh. choreography by Andy Blankenbuehler, who did the choreography for um, for Hamilton. Oh wow! So he he has um, done some of the, reworked some of the choreography for this production of Cats, um, and it's a brand new tour. It's a whole new tour. Oh great! So have you seen it before? I have. Um, Long time this ago. Is be, this is going to be a new experience. This will be different. It's going to be the same story, but it's going to be different. Oh, cool. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then we've got the uh, we've got come from away um, here. I'm in anxious to see is, that. Yeah, I'm very excited. for That's that. about September 11th, isn't it? Or it is. So it's it's about actually it's about the the uh, on September 11th there were 38 planes that were on their way to the U.S. that were redirected to land in Gander, Newfoundland, and the come from away is a story of. How this one town, this small town in Newfoundland, uh, doubled in size, more than doubled in size overnight, and had to accommodate 7,000 people uh, while the U.S. airspace was closed. And it's touching, it's heartwarming, it's funny. Um, it's I've heard it's really inspirational, really. And, and, and it, it, has, it has music musical numbers or. Is it a musical? Oh, yeah. yeah, it mm-hmm. is a musical. Uh, yeah, it was nominated for Best Musical. Right. It's won many awards. Um, not Tony's, but it's won, or it has won Tony's, but it's won many other awards for Best Musical as well. I think Outer Critics Circle is one of them. So <clears throat> it's a phenomenal show, and it's going to be here in October. Uh, one note about that show um, if any of your, your listeners are uh, come from a ways, we want to hear from them. Uh, we are looking for people who were on flights that were redirected and diverted on September oh, 11th. Oh, wow. Really? Uh, to, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love you know, to I have a neighbor who got stuck, I think, in Europe. Um, okay. Yeah, I'll talk to her about that it. That would really personalize it, I would yeah. think. So, so you want yeah, to hear from I, them. Yeah. I am aware. We have one person who's reached out so far, and she was on a flight that was redirected to St. John's. 
Newfoundland. And she, um, and so like, we want to hear those stories and, you know, we're working on bringing in, uh, some of the people who are, who the play is, the musical is written about, um, the real characters are in the play. We're looking at bringing some of them into Detroit to, to talk to audiences and to meet subscribers and things. So we're really excited about that. We'd love to include any Detroit area come from a ways, um, as part of that too. That what a, so what a, gr- what a um, great idea. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, we have, uh, the revival of hello, Dolly coming here to the Fisher theater. In that sounds November. like fun. Um, and be great. And yeah. really historic because hello, Donny, uh, Dolly began here. <laughs> I it mean, did. yeah, it was, it, it, it actually had its first tryouts at the Fisher. Oh wow! I guess I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah, and yeah, I, I believe the with Carol the, Channing, with Carol oh, Channing, my gosh. and the reviews. Yeah. You know, the the response was you know kind of okay, uh, and as very often happens with tryouts, they went back to the drawing board. They added new numbers, including the the big number until the prey passes me by. Oh, and uh, the, um, the you know, and then it went on to be just a mega hit in New York. But yeah, this was this was its uh, you know the its first start. Yeah, and it was. Um uh, yeah, it opened here in 1963, November 18th, 1963. Mm-hmm. So just a couple of years will, after the renovation, really, yeah. Yep, yeah. And it will it will open here uh, November – wait, I'm looking for my date um, – November uh, where is it? November 19th, 2019. So, so almost, be, uh, like, I think it's like 50 years, 50 right? Year, 50 yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. So – That's great. Uh, yeah, so we're very excited to have that show. And then um, we have a Bronx Tale, uh, the musical coming to the Fisher in January. What is that about? So that's uh, Chaz Pamela Terry came through a couple years ago, a few years ago with a, a play called The Bronx Tale. And this is uh, that play turned into a musical oh. with the original choreography by Sergio Trudillo, who won the Tony Award for his uh, for choreography for uh, Ain't Too Proud this year. So... Um, it's got some, it's going to be incredible. It's here in January. And then in, uh, then we have Charlie and the Chocolate Factory in February. Um, I'd love we're to take have, a kid to that. We act, yeah, it's going to be a great show. It's yeah. going to be great for the family. Uh, we are going to have a kid's night for that show. So we haven't announced it. We don't oh, have great. the dates or we're not on sale or anything for that show yet, but that will be, uh, we'll be announcing that. And then uh, we have another show coming back to to Detroit, to the Fisher Theater, that also opened at the Fisher Theater, um, and that's Fiddler on the Roof. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a classic. We have a, yeah, we have the revival of that show coming here March 10th through the 15th. Um, and then the, the blockbuster of our season is Dear, Ev- Dear, Dear Evan, Evan Hansen. Dear yeah. Yeah. Um, that won the Tony just a couple years ago, right? Yeah, two thousand eighteen. Yeah. Right? yeah, just last year. Yeah, yeah. and so, so last year was this year was a Haiti sound. The year before that was uh, um, the band's visit, and it was the the year before that it was Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah, Great. so um, we're really excited about that show. Um, one thing that we are really telling people right now is that the only way to guarantee your tickets to Dear Evan Hansen is to be a subscriber. Because, uh, you know, for our Hamilton season, Hamilton was a huge blockbuster. Dear Evan Hansen was sort of like a follow-up uh, after that. It's also been popular selling out on Broadway. It's a hard ticket to get. Um, and unlike Hamilton, which we had for six weeks, we are only going to have Dear Evan Hansen here for two weeks. Oh, boy. So, uh, yeah, so we are we are fully expecting that we are going to sell out of tickets. So, wow. Um, like we're telling people, like the best way to get your tickets for to secure your tickets for Dear Evan Hansen is to get a subscription. And, and what is that about? I, I'm really not too familiar with it. Is it a musical or Dear Evan Hansen? Yeah, yeah, it yeah, it's absolutely a musical, and it's uh, written by um, Pasek and Paul, who are actually University of Michigan grads. Oh, um, which is kind of a cool connection to the, yeah. the Detroit area. Um, and it, it basically Dear Evan Hansen is a story about. Um, 
uh, Evan Hansen, who is uh, who is a kid in a family, and he just really wants to fit in. And so it's a story of how a misunderstanding turns into uh, a really great, really great opportunity for him that then turns into a very difficult situation that he has to work his way out of. And it's really like the best way to describe it is if it, it is a fam- it, it's not a family musical, but it's a musical about families. It's a musical about fitting in. It's a musical about being, um, trying to find your place and who you are um, in Coming your, of age in a your little world. bit, yeah. Dealing in with social media and... and uh, all, the, all the new stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is a lot. There's a lot of social media in the... It's over because, like, he uh, picks up... And it's, like, he his story uh, that he tells in, in, the, in the musical gets picked up and explodes. And it's really about, like, making sure that people don't deserve to disappear. No one deserves to not matter. Everyone matters. And that sort of that message uh, gets picked up in the show and, and sort of overwhelms Evan and his whole family and everyone. And uh, it's it's just, you know, I saw it and it uh, I left in, like, tears. I mean, it was really fantastic in a great way. Wow. Because for me, per, my personal story is, you know, um, is I lost my mom a couple of years ago. And Dear Evan Hansen has this, uh, like, he has his relationship with his mom. There's a song in the show where, like, kind of things have fallen apart, and he's got to deal with the fact that, you know, like, what he, what he wanted is kind of falling away. And he sits on the couch, and he sit, there's this moment that he and his mom share, and they sing this song. And I, I can't remember the title of the song, but... Um, I lost it because it reminded me of my mom and it reminded me of connecting with my mom. That's so great. It was so touching and so well done. And so like, that's like the kind of musical this is. It's not like it's, it will touch you and it will inspire you. And it's a, it's a really wonderful story. Sounds great. Really well done. How how big a cast is, uh, is that production? It's like, I think 12. Okay, so it's, it's a very small cast. Okay, wow. I, I know yeah, that the setting for the the I've seen like little clips, and the setting looks very interesting and um, kind of stripped down, and and uh, it looks like lighting is important, and um, yeah, it's not just a you know one big proscenium arch, you know, with a a scene. Um, it looks like it would really draw you in. Yeah, it's yeah. The, the staging is um, a lot of lights. Like a lot of the tours these days are using um, lighting, digital um, screens. Uh, Very sophisticated. Well, that was traditional set pieces. That, that, that was on one of on. the uh, things that really impressed me about Anastasia. I thought that it was just an amazing production. Um, it it just it it um, they were able to to do these panoramic backgrounds that suggested the whole sweep of the Russian Revolution and uh, then uh, when the characters moved to Paris, um, it it was incredible um, that they were able to do that so effectively. Yeah, Anastasia was one of the shows, I think, that has come through that made incredibly smart and very good use of of screen of digital imaging, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like the the moment when the 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 trees kind of fall away and part, and it comes up on the Eiffel Tower in Paris is really oh, I know spectacular. You, you feel like show. you're like going over a hill, and then here's the city kind of laid out in front of you. It's it's really quite amazing, right? Beautiful. I yeah, it yeah that that was spectacular. So uh, yeah, that's kind of a lot of the shows are using. Uh, more digital and and things like that. Obviously, because it can take you to a different place. It can take you to Paris very yeah. easily. Well, an- another yeah. show-stopping scene for me in Anastasia was the one with the railroad railroad car, that yeah. uh, where you have a number of people and all the the main characters who are fleeing. Uh, you know the um, 
the Bolshevik uh, Russia, and um, this car kind of pivots so that you see different aspects of it, and uh, it allows each of the characters, uh, either in duets or singly, to kind of tell their story or their feelings at the time. But it's like one car, but it's sort of a see-through thing, and it pivots around so that you have a sense of all of these uh, thoughts going on at the same time. And you can relate to each character. It's really quite an amazing stage uh, uh, contraption that they put together for that. Almost a multimedia experience. It was. It really was. As you're zooming, you have the the sense that you're zooming down a track because the landscape is uh, is like zooming past you. You know, you really get a a sense of depth to it. Yeah, and sometimes it's like uh, the imaging – uh, images are that you're moving forward with the train mm-hmm. and other times it's like you're in the back of the train looking at the at the scenery leave i know i felt that you're too. looking backwards yeah very clever design yeah. well it sounds like they an amazing really- season you've got coming yeah. up here and we we end the season we end next season with summer the donna summer musical so oh. we actually will kick off summer 2020 with the musical Summer. Summer. <laughs> then we'll be here at the Fisher. <laughs> Appropriate. June 9th through the first day of summer. Uh, so, I bet you uh, planned that. So that, that show will end our, 20, 20, our 58th season. Um, we'll end with that. Wow. Show. Great lineup. Now, how, and we've, how, got more, we've got more shows that we're working on announcing that we haven't. I can't announce today. But, really? Uh, we In are, the works. Yeah, right? we, we're working on some really great shows. And, um so we have more like this season we're at we've got um right now i think we're at 14 shows wow, that we're bringing that is into huge. Detroit, which is great yeah that's all for the 2019-2020 season right that's a right. lot and, that is a lot and one thing i like one thing that's great about or for our subscribers is you know if you're a broadway in detroit subscriber uh not only do you get the same seat to all of our subscription shows but you um, you get first choice, like you get the first notice of to be able to buy tickets for the additional shows. So, like, um, so for the 15th anniversary of Jesus Christ Superstar, uh, before we go on sale with that, our subscribers will have a chance to buy tickets before they go on sale. And one thing that is happening, and it's kind of indus- the industry norm now, is that ticket prices tend to go up. Like, if a show is very popular. Uh, the the ticket price when it goes on sale is likely to not be the exact same ticket price when the show gets to town. Ah. So our subscribers being able to get tickets before they go on sale to the public are also getting the best rate. So they're the locked in at the best rate, yeah. That's right. an advantage, that's for sure. Because I, yeah. I'm sure those Hamilton tickets were going for crazy amounts. Now, Hamilton, well, Hamilton had the interesting uh, lottery thing where they, uh, you know, offered so many tickets and you could go online. You downloaded the app and, uh, and I think they do this at all the different venues. Um, and they offer so many for, I don't know what it was, $10 tickets, $20 Hamilton tickets. Was, yeah. Hamilton was ham for ham. So it was a $10 ticket. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, Ham- Hamilton for Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, got it. Oh, there we go. Now got we got it. it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, most so of the shows do a twenty-five dollar lottery. Oh, okay. okay. They they had that for Anastasia, it. I know. Yeah. Right, and uh, we yeah most of the shows have that lottery. Uh, currently on the road, Dear Evan Hansen does. We haven't talked. We haven't gotten to that point yet where we're ready to announce anything like that, but. A lot of the shows do a lottery. Now, is that um, something for, that uh, Broadway in Detroit uh, does as a promotional thing or that touring company? So, both. Like, we we will talk to the shows. If the shows offer a lottery, um, we'll talk to them about it prior to the show getting into town. Um, and then we'll announce it, like, a month or so out from the first performance. Yeah. So if we are going to do a lottery for Dear Evan Hansen, it'll be announced like 
prior to the open night. If we're going to do a lottery for any of the shows, it's usually like about a month out um, that we'll send a press release out and announce the details of the lottery. Um, kind of works, you know, some shows offer student rush for st- uh, high school and college students to be able to get last minute That's tickets. That's nice. Um, that is box office only. We announced that the day before the show opens. Oh. Um, and that's totally based on availability. A show may do it and they may not do it. It's totally, really, it's based on how ticket sales are going and if they, we have seats available and and all of that. So we make that determination pretty much when the show gets to town, if we're going to be able to do Suit and Rush. Sounds okay. great. Now, the the uh, the sh- as the shows go around the country to their different venues, um, are there different organizations like yours that wind up coordinating everything and 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 uh, producing it and advertising it? Or, uh, for instance, is there a Broadway in Miami, a Broadway in Atlanta, that sort of thing? Yeah, there are. Well. There are so every um, you know most big towns or decent sized towns have Chicago. a local mm-hmm. presenter or organization that presents Broadway shows um, in their respective cities. Uh, the Nederlander Group, which we are a part of, uh, the Nederlander organization has venues in Chicago, Los Angeles, San Francisco, um, I think Tucson, Dallas. Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. Oh, so you guys are uh, everywhere. New York, obviously. Yeah. Um, so we have we have venues across the country. Um, the Nederlander Group does, and then there are other organizations. There's Broadway Across America that presents in many markets across across the country, um, and then there are people kind of like us, like um, in Rochester, New York. Um, uh, some other places like that will bring shows in and present them at the the local. Um, the equivalent of the Fisher Theater. Okay. So, well, you guys do yeah, such a great job. Thank you so much for b- bringing in this super high quality, uh, you know, performances. I mean, it it's one of the things that makes Detroit so wonderful. Right, and it's well, and, and it's a, you know it's such a rich history of it too. I oh mean, yeah, it, it started here and and. Uh, that Nederlander name. Yeah, and, that that name uh, has been that's fantastic. amazing. Yeah. And you know we we're right now we're selling subscriptions through um, through July eighth actually is the last day that people can get a subscription and to it, the season. It, the information for subscriptions is on the website. Would that be Broadway the, in Detroit website? Yeah, or? Broadwayindetroit.com, Which that does remind me of one thing. I do want to tell your listeners: um, always go to broadwayindetroit.com to look for tickets to our show. Yesterday, I was on the phone with a woman who thought she bought tickets through our website for cats. She bought tickets through a third-party reseller who then gave her information to another person who called her to try to sell her upgraded tickets. Uh. And she was not on our website. She did not order tickets Uh. through Ticketmaster or us. And uh, I couldn't help her. And okay. so, like, we always tell people, just be go to broadwayindetroit.com. Go to the source. And check. <laughs> yeah, because that third-party yeah. thing is getting a little crazy and confusing for a lot of people. And, you know, I notice when I go to the theater, to the Fisher or the Opera House or something, it's, you know, it's not a lot, uh, you know, it's not young people. It's a lot of older people who probably get a little bit confused about where they're getting their tickets from. So that's a good thing to remember. It's easy sometimes, too, if you just do a search and you click on the first link that comes up. Right. That's not the best way to do it. No. (laughs) That could could take you anywhere. And so, yeah. and and It's confusing to a lot of people. Yeah, and so you order through us, and that also enables us to be able to let you know about special things. There we too. go. Like, like we have our spotlight room, which is where you can have dinner before the oh, show, right inside the theater. That sounds and we have nice. This, we have the Nieder, Nederlander Lounge now that has a pre-show VIP well, that pass. Lovely that you can get too. In early. Yeah, very very nice. Yeah. Great. Well, yeah. thank you so much, Scott, you know, for uh, coming on Comeback City here. Uh, Scott, it, Scott, I did want to ask you, um, Do you did you have a background in musical theater or in anything yeah, going into in this? this? Or, uh, um, well, yeah, so sort of. I've always been a – I was a theater geek when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
But uh, my degree is actually in telecommunications management oh, from okay. Penn State. Uh, so that's a good bet. I found bet. my way here because I started doing um, entertainment and I started working in the entertainment industry and, um, you know, I eventually found my way to this and I'm doing a job that I, that teenage Scott would have been envious about. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Who could ask for anything more? That's for great. sure. Absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah. like I said, it's so been it's, great talking to you and you've really gotten us hyped up about the new season. Every one of those plays sounds fabulous. Yeah, it's going to be a great, I mean, the, the thing that happened to us is people came, they bought tickets because they wanted to see Hamilton. They bought season subscriptions last year. Right. Yeah. And then we heard, we heard from so many people who bought the season because they wanted to see Hamilton that told us, oh, my God, I didn't realize how much I love theater. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like they came and saw these other shows and they're like, And that was a pleasant and, surprise for them. Yes. Absolutely. Wonderful. Yeah. We, kept the, we kept the majority of people who ordered subscription last year, uh, renewed this year. So and, and I have really to say, great. you do a beautiful job through Facebook and other social media in uh, promoting and just keeping people involved. Um, you know, ever since I saw Anastasia, I'm obviously on some mailing list. Um, I've gotten all kinds of promotional things, and they've been fabulous. I mean, and uh, also... Uh, I was really impressed that even the cast members uh, would have little moments with uh, people visiting, with uh, school groups, et cetera. Uh, and all of that, you know, to take the time to do that, uh, it just makes such a richer, more thrilling experience for those playgoers. Absolutely. Yeah. They, I, the cast love to reach out to the public. Mm-hmm. And, um, one of the best. Uh, we do pre-show cast chats um, with all of our shows. We pick a done night, and we have the cast come out, a couple cast members, and they talk to people in the Fisher Building lobby, in the Second Avenue lobby of the Fisher Building. Um, and we announce it on our Facebook page, and it's free, and, and you don't need the show to do it. You can just come down and hear from them. Um, and one of the most interesting ones was for The Lightning Thief this past year, which was a small show, uh, kind of unknown, uh, but we had so many people, so many young people, like uh, 16 to 20-year-olds, come out for that cast chat. And they were super enthusiastic. And it, one of the things that we heard from all of them was, thank you so much for taking my experience as an awkward teenager and putting it on stage and to this music that I love. And um, and they saw themselves in the characters of the Lightning Thief. Oh, how great. And they were so excited about the show, and they were so excited to hear from the people who were in the show. And that that's that's awesome. That I is love great. it when we can do stuff like that. Yeah, I would imagine you'll have the same kind of response with Evan Hansen. Yeah. I think, I think so, yeah, for sure. Really touch a lot of people. Well, great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Scott. Um, I am so excited about what is coming up in uh, the theater world here in Comeback City in Detroit. And uh, you've made it, you know, really come to life for us here. Thank you so much. Great. Thanks for having me. We appreciate it. Bye-bye. That was great. Yeah. Boy, I'm excited about everything. Yeah. Every single one of them sounds good. Yeah. I'm ready to get a subscription. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, and, you know, it kind of fits in with our whole past, present, and future theme here, too, with the Fisher Theater and how it's changed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it is very, very pretty in there. I mean, for one of our most beautiful buildings in the city, the Fisher Theater is just a gorgeous it is it is Place. a real gem, and I, I'm sure some of that has to do with people like the Nederlanders, who were Detroiters and really committed to the rich, uh, dramatic, you know, history of uh, drama and theater in Detroit. Um, but since the 1960s, yeah, 
And, you know, I've, I've been thinking, even with Detroit's up and downs, and there were plenty of downs. Oh, my gosh, yeah. The Fisher was a constant. Yep, absolutely. It, it, it would be know, the only reason people would go was. to the city. Sometimes that was the reason. That was, that the, was reason. the only that reason you would go downtown. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to maintain that level of quality – uh, when everything around you is seems like it's kind of self-destructing. Go see a Broadway you know, show and, in Detroit uh, at yeah. the Fisher. Right. During the worst. Right. Of, you know, I mean, it, it's history. those bastions and touchstones of, of you know, like our um, just our, our shared experience that that uh, I think pe- really kept people kind of moored. Uh, even the people that had left the city and, you know, all became you know, afraid of the city, afraid of the city. That was a big thing. Yeah. It, it, having the having the Fisher there was really kind of a beacon. So I am very appreciative of those people. Broadway and Detroit is great. Yeah. So, Ed, let's talk, you know, let's go into our new segment, which is Ed and Linda's Adventures in the City. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like Bill and Ted, right? <laughs> Bill and Ted. It's Ed and Linda. And you know what? Because of the podcast, you know, we are exploring constantly and looking at everything that is new. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what were your Detroit adventures Well, recently? Okay. So recently, um, well, going back just a little bit, uh, I had some, uh, you know, I was fortunate to be able to have some um, – some theater experiences uh, in the last few weeks. Didn't I've, you go to the um, symphony? Yeah, I, I was did. jealous of that. Yeah, I did. Wasn't that the mu- music of from the Wizard of Oz? Music from the Wizard of oh, Oz. Oh my gosh, and I was, bet that was great. Well, that was a really fun experience because um, my daughter-in-law uh, Julie, her her mom had won a. Um, uh, it was what is it? She had won tickets to that. Oh. But the, they weren't just ordinary tickets. They were the uh, in the donor's lounge. Oh, my okay? gosh. You mean in one of those boxes? Yeah. It was the boxes. <gasps> Is that where you sat? Yeah. Right in the middle. Okay. Right in the middle I in the front. I can't stand it. <laughs> we, we, we were and, – and, you know, if you know the layout of the theater, yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a gorgeous theater. It is a gorgeous but there, theater. But in between, there's this loge. There's this yeah. uh, level – that's like all perfect seats, and then it kind of wraps How around. How did she win these tickets? Um, I don't know. It was something through. Some contest. She's with a – well, it wasn't a, so much a contest. A, uh, it was with one of uh, her clients. She works in a big advertising agency oh, okay. in Bloomfield. And um, it, it was through them, and they had some sort of oh, raffle goodness. or something that for her employees. And so she won it, but they weren't able to go. And my uh, son and daughter-in-law weren't able to go uh, that weekend. So they said, would you like it? And I said, yeah. Oh, my god! But I had no idea it was going to be quite that opulent because uh, we got down there and it's a whole separate entrance because it's valet yeah. parking and they uh, whisk your car away. And then you go in you get this the royal treatment private here. door and you go past really? everybody else, you know. Uh, in the Max Fisher Hall, uh, and you go up a separate elevator that takes you to really? the donor level, and you're ushered into this uh, lovely room where you have your own personal bartender. And we're not oh talking just gosh. well drinks. We're talking about, you know, picking out your your uh, premium. Or yes, something. your Bellinis yes. and your – and uh, my wife had a Knob Creek Manhattan, oh. and you know I had a Bombay Sapphire wow. Martini, and and then this wonderful charcuterie tray that went on forever. Oh my! Gosh, you know, I mean, yeah. you, you could eat yourself silly. Uh, the only thing is, there were time limits, obviously, yeah. and uh, then they they uh, announced that you know it's time, and you can take you can't take the food, but you can take all your drinks to the seat. So right. uh, yeah. So the, right on that level, you go out that door and just down the hall and suddenly you're right at that level where all of the uh, yeah. donor seats are. And it was great. It was beautiful. I know. I uh, A friend of mine and I have been going to Friday morning uh, 
I think they call them coffee and donut concerts at the symphony. And we always look at those seats (laughs) and think we would like to sit there. And I think one time after the performance, we walked over there and I could see donor, you know, it's its Mm -hmm. own little like floor kind of. And so we walked over there and we walked into the little box and pretended we were (laughs) sitting there. But that's as far as we got. (laughs) Well, this will probably be the only one and only time uh, that happens. But it was a a really fun And I'm sure the concert was amazing. Yeah, it was was a lot of fun. It was – they took the theme of The Wizard of Oz and uh, the, the based on the uh, L. Frank Baum story from the early 1900s, and all the different ways that it has been presented, mostly through the 1939 movie. Uh, so obviously they did music from that, but also the things that it kind of spawned as far wicked. as wicked, yeah, wicked, uh, which is a prequel, of course, yes. Um, the Wiz. The Wiz. There's a lot. Uh huh. Um, even things like uh, in the title, the uh, Good Bri- Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, oh, Elton John. Elton John. You know? And they had a, a trio of uh, uh, kind of jazz um, singers, and uh, the the one male lead also acted as kind of the MC, uh, and they were backed up by the the whole symphony. Or at least a, a concert band version of the the symphony, and um, so yeah, you had the, the beautiful DSO music. You had these. There's nothing like the DSO. Yeah, and, Detroit Symphony yeah, Orchestra. Yeah, they're they're perfect, and um, and uh, then you had uh, these really nice arrangements of these classic songs, and sometimes it was duets. So there was humor. There was. Uh, you know, a lot of movement on stage. I have it never really seen enjoyable. a bad concert at Symphony Hall. No, it they is, always do a great They great do job. a first class, right? you know, performance every single time. I just got a call yesterday from somebody uh, trying to sell me a um, – and he was a volunteer for uh, the DSO uh, to sign up for a um, – uh, the a season thing subscription uh, a subscription yeah. through um, you know either the Paradise Jazz uh, program or the regularly the problem is that we're gone for You're a lot gone of in those the times yeah. right and I explained that to him no hard sell you know he said oh I understand oh well, that's good he, I said but uh, but I also talked to him a little bit about the symphony and he said well thank you so much for your kind words you know and. I told him, you know, we'll just have to do it individually by performance, but we'll definitely be there. They offer so much, too. I know they have a lot of young people concerts. They do. I've taken my grandchildren to Tiny Tot concerts. Same with me. Which were fabulous. Yeah. That is something people in Detroit, I think a lot of people are not aware of. You know, you hear about the Fisher, the Fox, the Opera House, Mm -hmm. but the Symphony. It's and, amazing. And they, they offer options at very reasonable prices, too. They really do. I know I saw um, the Beatles Revolution concert uh, just a month ago, and unlike you, I did not sit in a box. <laughs> we were in nosebleed seats. But the sound is perfect. It doesn't really matter where you sit. Our tickets, I think, were $32 each, mm-hmm. which is a great price for an amazing experience. Right. Yeah. Our, you know, C. Howard Crane, our favorite oh movie gosh. palace architect, yeah. uh, made acoustically perfect theaters. And uh, so it really, the, the I cheap love that seats building. are, good, the, are yeah. good seats. I love that building. I love that little paradise lounge yeah. up on the balcony. When we go for our donuts, that's where you get your donuts mm-hmm. and your coffee and you and now, have little tables and And now and the, the whole Max Fisher Center that's adjacent to it has so many different uh, venues and it's right. got like the the small different rooms. Yeah, the different rooms that, that they can cube have. And the cube, yes. Right. right. That's where we saw the Tiny Talk concert. Yes, that was right. lovely. Right. Well, my Detroit experience this week was very different. Um, I belong to a sketching group that my niece, Katie Bates, organized, and she uh, paired with Ford Motor Company and the Detroit Historical Group uh, for a sketch-in 
at the Michigan Central Station. Wow. The old train station. I know. We did a whole down podcast in on that. Corktown. Mm-hmm. Yes. We went to the press conference last summer. Right. You and I, um, when Ford announced that they had bought the building and were going to be restoring it to its former glory. And, uh, oh my gosh, our sketch event was so much fun. Ford knocked themselves out. I really, you know, when we went to the press conference, we walked away. We were just, totally blown away by it. And then we thought, well, we hope this happens. Is this really going to happen? happen?" But you know, just the sketch (laughs) event made me think, yes, because they went to so much effort. They put out a whole big table. They had cookies that were decorated with a picture of the train station Uh on them in little bags with ribbons. They had coloring pages for kids and crayons. I put together a little sketching uh, kits for people who wanted to do some urban sketching. They had wooden sofas and chairs. They put out blankets. They put out games, giant Jenga and that cornhole gang. There was a big crowd of adults, kids. We lucked out. It was a perfect day. We were under the trees in that Roosevelt Park, which they are also developing and is going to be a lovely addition by itself mm-hmm. to that whole area and to the train station. Right. It was so wonderful. Right. And when Katie and I uh, met with the Ford representative um, to set this up, she took us on a tour of the inside of the train station, which was so amazing and so huge. Uh, they have a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do, but, you know, you can kind of begin to get a, a feeling of what it's going to be like. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing that they're going to – well, they're trying to do it exactly the way it was. I know. Yeah. I mean, they have – you know, I mean, so much is missing. So much was stolen and scrapped and destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did get a feeling that the structure is very sound. It's massive. You can't believe how big that great hallway is. Right. It's just huge, but it seems very solid and still very beautiful. Right. Just a, a an amazing work of art, to tell you the truth. And yeah. it was fun sketching it, too. It's a challenge with all those windows. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I on Facebook, I saw the one that I think was yours and because uh, you have a, a, a definite style. Oh, and it thanks. looked great. It really did look great. It's been fun. Uh, Katie, I'm trying to get her on the podcast. We've had a great time uh, visiting different sites in the city to do our sketching, our urban sketching. Um, it's it's terrific. If anyone's interested in joining the group, uh, they can contact me through the podcast. Right. So, Ed, I think our time is up here. Yeah. Uh, this has been a great uh, episode here of Comeback City. So glad we had uh, Chris Scott. Me- or Scott. Yeah, Scott Myers. Yeah. Uh, he was wonderful. And uh, I'm so grateful to that organization for yeah, bringing all are, these great things. They are doing a beautiful job. Into the city. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for the next year, too. I am, too. All right. Well, that's it. 